And welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, we were just having a lovely conversation just now, weren't we? Oh, yeah, no, I was showing you some stuff about Kickstarter, just waiting for people to get here in the chat and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, I do have to say, though, and I'm going to give a shout out right here in the podcast to uh, the Board Game Creations calendar, like the one that you see behind me is actually doing their 2023 calendar on Kickstarter. Go That's give right. it a look. Um, in fact, I was telling you, they're even. I'm going to get the calendar. I already backed it. But right. I already plan on buying one of the prints where I can frame it and put it up. And it's right. for a smirk and dagger spill. That thing is just gorgeous. Yeah, it really is. It's really cool. And it, not a sponsor. We just happened to oh, be yeah. looking at it. It looks pretty cool. And uh, I was looking online. We were also talking about how the Spiel de Jar nominee should be coming should, up. Should be yeah. coming up pretty soon, which I know we're going to be talking about it when it does come up. It comes up in about late May, Probably early June. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I remember last year it was May seventeenth was the day that they announced the nominees, and so yeah, I don't know if it's going to be May seventeenth again. Well, this year. is going to air right before if it st- sticks to like the seventeenth that time right. frame. This will air next week, which will be the thirteenth. That's right. That's right. So last week we did a top eight debate. That was a pretty fun one, but it was a little, little off the wall. Like, and I liked it because <laughs> it wasn't off the wall, wall, but it was difficult for me to do because so many of the games I didn't care much for. It was variable player power, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that was an idea that you came up with. Well, of course, to rebuttal, I came up with just an absolutely difficult Insane. thing for you. Insane. Oh, yeah. God. See, it. It was easy for me, and I just thought it was an interesting discussion topic. And I forgot uh, to put these in order, but I'll just deal with it. That's them. fine. I, I don't have mine in order either, so we'll probably just talk about why. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this week, our topic, we decided to go straight into it. We wanted to talk about games that you might own multiple copies of, like why you would do it or if you even do it. Now, you don't. We, we only found one example, like, last week. We were looking through your collection. We found a couple. Uh, tech, on a technicality, right? Yeah, on a technicality. The the only issue for me is because I got limited space. You have, right. like, a giant room that you can store your games plus part of your garage. Right. For me, this is all you see. Maybe I'll get another shelf over here and maybe I can get into that closet over there. But mm-hmm. I don't really have a lot of room over here just because we don't live in, like, in a big house. We have a – this is a small bedroom Compared yeah. to most houses. This isn't much of a bedroom. This <laughs> yeah. is, this is uh, what you would do for a nursery. Yeah. It's like you, you take basically a bathroom, right? Yeah. Take out the sink, the toilet, and the bathtub. Yeah, a master bath. This is about the size of a And then put carpet down. And then cut off the corner for the door. Like, that's the part that's stressing me out. <laughs> it is not even an actual rectangle. It is a, a pentagon, an irregular pentagon. And that just cuts into the space even more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would almost rather have it be like an angle cut inward. Well, it's kind of like angled, so it's flat right here, and then it angles. No, I mean like 90-degree <laughs> angles, right? Okay. Like a whole chunk yeah. of it. Like as if it well, was, you think this is closet. bad. I took the smaller room just because it, it'd be perfect for like soundproofing and making sure we don't get like a bad echo. Yeah. That one has a lot more weird angles than that. that's right next door over it's here. It's like your house was designed by Stanley Kubrick <laughs> at this point, you know? No yeah. right angles in it. It's, it's, it's the strangest so, thing. I have a, a three-switch for just the hall light only so i can turn it off over there i could turn it off over here or i could turn it off by the master bedroom <laughs> because i mean for one actually, that's super that is very convenient i do like i know no, it's convenient but it's like it's for one light and they're all maybe two feet or right. two or three feet away from each other yeah. it's quite weird it, it really is but, so like know, i can understand works. uh so one of the light switches that controls it also controls our kitchen light mm-hmm 
that makes sense because we're coming around the corner. Oh, okay. We could turn on the okay. kitchen light, and then there's a second light for it in the actual kitchen. So that makes I, sense. I thought you meant one of the hallway ones controls your kitchen. I was like, what? Yes, one of the hallway lights does control my kitchen. Like by your bedroom? Oh no, no, but not by the bedroom because there's this one that's right. by this. The one these that two makes bedrooms. sense. By yeah, the by when you're sure. going into the living room. Yeah, that one. See, makes I thought sense. you meant the one across the house. <laughs> no, no, it's no, like, no. dude, you have a wire problem. <laughs> then at that point. No, but so it makes sense. But yeah, all and of these switches had their own lights, and <laughs> so this just random just like, train yeah, of thought where we up. got off the off track was basically I don't have a lot of room to have multiple yes. copies of the same game. Right. So <laughs> I get and and I appreciate you for making this list because this was something that that has been on my mind for a while mm-hmm. and and I realized it very much like because recently we went to a comic convention mm-hmm. and I had one of my games signed um specifically I got uh Star Trek Panic and yes I'm bragging about this signed by William Shatner and he then, shat all over it like someone he, said on he that. shat all over um and no and I I really like that game and it's one that I plan on playing you know it wasn't in pristine condition I don't think it should have been honestly when he was signing it it was loved and I really enjoy that game and now that it's signed, I'm afraid it's going to do what Firefly did, and it's just going to sit on the shelf and get dust, and I'm probably not going to play it hardly anymore. Now, granted, I didn't play it that often anyway, but still. Yeah, honestly, like, I haven't even played my copy of Star yeah. Trek Panic in a while. And Well, maybe and I we should play one. yours, you know, <laughs> so that way I don't have to get a second <laughs> copy. But then I was thinking, it's like, if I wanted to play it, right, mm-hmm. would I just take it off the shelf and then very Carefully. calmly set, a, set aside William Shatner's signature? Or which was a pretty penny from yeah, what I saw in prices. Exactly. Or do I pay less than his signature and buy a new out of print copy <laughs> and and just play a new copy of it? And then that that just got me thinking. It's and, like, what and, are different reasons why people would own yeah. more than one copy of the same game? And there's a lot of different reasons and I, I'm curious to see what the people online said because this list was very easy for me. I didn't put thought into it, and I came up with eight examples right away. Well, and I think a big part of it, too, for you is that um, you also teach games, so it's yeah. good for you to have multiple copies of certain things. Right. This yeah, way, wear okay, and you can, is just a thing. Yeah, yeah, wear and tear, and then that that I can teach you this one. Oh, they're, they, you like what they're doing? I have another copy. Do you want to try it out? Right. Exactly. But then oftentimes the store that I teach at will also have own, a demo copy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And now... I, I'm part of a couple demo programs, and I might be getting more <laughs> a duplicate copy of yeah. one or two games. So we'll see. I don't know yet, but that that would be interesting if that ended up being the case. Oh, I do want to make mention of it because I, I I probably we're not going to talk about what we've been playing with this specific game. Mm-hmm. I did get a copy of it for four dollars because I bought another game to go with it. Okay, you'll have to tell me about that. So it's a Prospero Hall game that we played. Oh. <laughs> Okay. I was like, we what? will be talking about that later. Oh, will we? Yep. Okay, I wasn't yep. sure if you're going to bring the that up. The one that we brought, played recently, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't know yeah. if you are going to bring it up or not. But uh, I was no, like, I'm going to bring that up. I liked it enough, and it it's was cheap enough. Yeah. yeah, it's worth four bucks. And I was like, you know what? I know I'm going to make them lose money buying this, but I really want this game, so I bought both of them. Right, That's and that's fair. So what, are you allowed to talk about the new game that you did buy? or the game Yeah, I haven't played it yet, so it hasn't come in, but I bought the Warriors Oh, okay. I finally did get me a copy of it. I've been wanting one for a while, so. Right. And then, so we'll, when we're talking about what we're playing, for sure. We'll talk about the other one. We'll talk about the other one, because, yeah, I plan on bringing that up. Well, speaking of what we've been playing, Daniel, what have you been playing lately? I don't know. Let's find out the Coin of Doom. All right. Coin of Doom. You'll be starting just like we planned. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, what have I been playing lately? Um, I do have to make mention of this one. It's a Phil Walker Harding game. 
It's a flip and right game. Excuse me while I just turn away <laughs> out of anger. In a game I got at Gamma. And this is Explorers. And I have to say, hmm. it's like a, a cross between cartographers <laughs> and, um, what is that other, uh, Silver and Gold that Phil Walker Harding did. It is a great game. I had a really great time with it. It's up there. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, and I had it's so good. It's actually a, one of the longer flipping rights that he's done, but it's so so good. And so what it is is you're actually competing. You're all making the same map, and you're all competing as he does show and tell on a, a white background. Yeah, that that is that it's gonna glare. get super washed out. So you're you're all building the same map. What happens is one person flips over a map tile. And they can choose which side they're going to go. So if they go water or desert, they choose which side they go. They draw three marks off of what they've already drawn, but in that territory. And if they draw... Uh, so the other players can decide if they want to go desert, they can mark two parts off. But if they want to go for the opposite, so the water side, they can mark three off for the water. And so you're just trying to collect different resources, you're trying to collect uh, keys to open treasures, or temples is what it's called in mm -hmm. the game. You're also trying to get uh, to scrolls because that allows you to ignore uh, one of the map tiles and mark off four of a territory of your choice. Oh, that's cool. It's so good. It played really well. I had a really great time playing this game. And I have to show it to you. I'm figuring maybe game night tomorrow if we got some time to kill before the we other guy show. I and need to play that sooner than later is, at this point. It is really good. I think you'll dig it. And honestly, uh, if I remember MSRP is like $30 if yeah, that. $30, $35. Yeah, it's, really it's, it's really good for its price point. But speaking of phil walker harding i am very intrigued by the games that he's coming up with um mm -hmm. what is it joey games yeah joey games yeah. and so and he's got his like... wife it, let's let's include her because yeah that's worth noting i think she did the graphic design from yeah. what i understand correctly yeah. um they are making a series of games that will come out later this year that um they, they're all australian topics you know talking about like the history and right well, not just history but like just Stuff that different are, things that are in the culture to teach about or Australia. Uh-huh. And they are using like fully renewable resources. Mm -hmm. Like that that's a big thing. They're very eco centric yeah. centric, yeah. And uh which is awesome. Like I just barely found that out the other day and I sent you the, the post. Like, and then I saw it being talked about on uh Dice right. Tower. Yeah, exactly. And so that got me intrigued as to that what we're three huge are. Phil Walker Harding fans too. And, yeah, we're definitely gonna back it if it's oh, on yeah. Kickstarter. Yeah, no, it's going to crowdfunding. I don't know if it's Kickstarter or GameFound, but right. is, they did say that's gonna go to crowdfunding. Whichever one it is. Yeah, we're, and, we're and I'm backing it hands down, no matter yep. what. Getting mm -hmm. all three games, even though I think one of them kind of doesn't intrigue me, the Scribble Tree one. Yeah, a little bit. I know which one you're talking about. It's okay. I mean, that, it looks fine. I mean, it looks fine. But I like Phil Walker Harding games. Uh, even the game that I least uh, least like of his, I still glad I own because it's, it's not a bad game. You could just see it's like an early type prototype yeah. for him or an earlier style game for him. Yeah, yeah, most certainly. But yeah, no. So Plane Explorers, that got me intrigued. Also, that the the news about him starting up that company is getting me intrigued too. In fact, if he makes more, just like based on Australia, that'd be intriguing because right. I like to get more stuff outside of, you know, space and America and that sort of stuff. I want right. to learn more, get more cultural references for stuff. Right, absolutely. I always love it when games do that. They take mm -hmm. that extra effort to like 
you know, really be educated. And granted, he's him and his wife are from Australia. Australia so that yeah. makes sense. But that, other than Boomerang, I don't know of any games that are really set yeah. in Australia. Or because uh, you get like a feudal Japan. It was Japan's. Uluru, I yeah, think. And I think it was vague. Yeah, you got feudal Japan. You have like mm-hmm. fantastical Japan, stuff like that. But you don't really have... Uh, you got games coming out of Japan, but you don't really get like historical context games coming right. out of Japan or something that's good for their culture, meaningful in their culture. So I want to see more of that stuff. Give us more cultural games this way. I can learn about that culture and be intrigued and play a really good game. And right. honestly, it's a Phil Walker Harding game. I'm expecting it to be good. Yeah. Yeah, we have high expectations. For <laughs> we do. It's not going to be the best game ever, but is, are we going to enjoy it? More than likely. Yeah. Alright, so the next game, the game I've been playing recently, um, I just bought a couple weeks ago, and I finally sat down and played it, and uh, you, me, and a mutual friend of ours, Dom, played it, and that is called The Siege of Rundar. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now It's a Reiner Kinesia game. It is a Reiner Kinesia game. And now we, you and me have been talking how, how silly it is that I don't like themed games. Yeah. And that thing is pretty darn thematic. I, mean, I will put it for the audience out there. It is a step up for Castle Panic. Yes, I completely mm-hmm. agree. And that, in fact, I demonstrated it at our shop mm-hmm. uh, this last weekend. And one of the players was like, this feels like the next level up from Castle Panic. And he said exactly that. And I was like, I was thinking so too. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it is more or less a tower defense, yeah. right? It's made by Dr. Reiner Kinesia. You are all dwarves. In this area that found 20 massive gold nuggets. And all you got to do is try and escape, escape with, before, with as much as you can. Yeah. And in order to do so, you have rubble that you have to dig through. Mm-hmm. Um, goblins you have to deal with to get out. And if you break through all of the five, five blocks before the game runs out or you lose, then you'll win, obviously. And so there's a lot that comes into it. It's almost a deck building game i mean it's more of a deck construction game yeah. where you have 12 cards in your deck and that's all you're ever going to have when you upgrade cards you have to remove one of your cards permanently from the game uh which is fine because they're all tend to be better but you have to get the resources throughout the the area and inside that that area the castle i guess um you have to go to the different spots and maneuver using your cards that you play however if there's orcs there you can't take those so you have to battle them either through melee or defeat them through actual combat um the dice make a lot of sense there's two sides that are arrows that'll be melee damage and there's four other sides that have either one two or three uh little stars on it and for every two stars you hit that's Mm -hmm. one damage and most monsters only take one damage to remove most most now that all makes sense right uh but every turn, or every two turns, you shuffle up your deck of 12 cards, you put two, two into away, the discard, yeah. and the other 10, you play with two hands of five each. Yeah. I haven't seen that anywhere else. No, like, it's intriguing. And the thing about it is, two of those cards activate the bad guys. Yes. And so you could, and we've seen it a couple times in our play, they could be underneath a thing, and right. so you have good moves for both your turns. Right, exactly. And it's fantastic when that happens. So that means... That tells me that if you're on the very last card, mm-hmm. it's not a guaranteed loss. Yeah. And in fact, I even saw that in the game that they were playing at the shop, is they got to the very last orc card, which as soon as you draw that, you're done. You lose. Yeah. But the, I, I looked at the guy's hand, and there was no orcs in it. So I was like, if you don't have an orc card, 
game's not over. Yeah. You know, and if he just happened to be really lucky, it might last for a few more turns. So he might have been able to pull that off. Yeah. The the people who played it really loved it. I really enjoyed the mess out of it. I, I think liked it you, a lot. me, and Dom really enjoyed it on our play. Yeah. Um, so much that I, I believe it if eventually you and him go get copies. Because... I might get me a copy. I really enjoyed yeah. it. And it's it's not overly complicated. That's the no. big thing is Kenichi games don't really are can right. be complicated. It's one of but... the most complicated of his games, yeah. but that's not saying much. And so, like I was telling you, this is probably my second favorite Kenichi games, and that's saying something because right. I haven't played a lot of them, and I didn't like a lot of them. There's only right. two that I actually enjoy. And this may surpass the other one that I enjoy. Right. But it's just because I need to play the other one a little bit more, and that's Blue Moon City. Yeah. Or we need to keep making you play this one. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Instead of, like, you're not sure, or that one might drop for you. Yeah. No, this one might just build past. Yeah, so I really enjoyed that one. It was a really good one. Yeah. I, I was genuinely impressed with it. I can't suggest it more than enough. That's Siege of Rundar. Uh, definitely go try that game. Yeah, it's check so it out. good. It's really good, and it's really great components too. Because like you use the box itself, and there's like a like a castle inside the box, right. and it's the and bottom so tray. When things get activated, they're outside the box, and then they come into the box, and into the wall, wall, into the into whatever room they're going. And then if and they the make center, it to the yeah. middle, they steal a gold. And then you, you, as a dwarf, you can go up on a corner or on the ramper and shoot right. down, or you can even go outside the box and. Fight them over there. Right. It is, however, for a Kenitsu game, very lucky. Yeah, it's very lucky. Because it's dice-driven. But there's a lot to consider, too. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Because there's about five ways to lose. Like, if you mm-hmm. run out of the orc deck, that's one thing that we said. You if lose you run out gold. of gold, that's another way to lose. However, there's also, every once in a while, a catapult will show up in yeah. front of one player. And if you don't deal with it by the time you get to their next turn... That you pull one of five cards that will permanently destroy, like, one of your upgrade spots. Yeah. If all of those are out, you're done. You're done. And then there's also mercenaries, which are one time you pay them two gold and they just destroy things, all, like, d- the bad things help save you. But that's, if you use all five of those, you're halfway dead. Yeah, so you've lost you 10 of your gold. Yeah, you've lost 10 and of your you gold. And you have to pay the gold out of your thing. It's not right. like you can do something else. No. Exactly. And then on top of that, you have um, a siege engine where... If you don't deal with that, the same as the catapult, uh, a troll, troll will pop appears. up. And if you run out of trolls, <laughs> if you run out of trolls, you lose. So it, it's just it's so smart. Yeah, it's I really, really good. like the way it works. I think it works great. It it is lucky, yeah, but it's it's surprisingly thematic. So uh, there is a little bit thing you have to learn about um, when you're playing the for the game with the dice. Mm-hmm. For every melee attack, you need two stars to consider one right. hit. With uh, If you're doing range, you only need one crossbow, where there's like, what, one crossbow? There, there's two. On two each crossbow die. on so each side. one third. And so there, and but that automatically two. counts as one damage, no matter what. And then there's always one blank on the die, right? Nope, there's no blanks. No blanks, okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, knowing when I was playing it, every time I meleeed, I rolled bows. Every time I tried to do range attacks, I rolled melee. Yep. <laughs> so it's just like... But at the shop, I loved it. There was one guy who would go up there, and he's like, all right, I'll put myself on the tower. And he was like, I'll roll five dice. Rolls, like, four bows, and he just, like, shoves over all of the pieces, and they all go falling <laughs> off the wall. Like, he's like, all right, take care of those. You know, it was so fun. It was like a, in our game with our friend Dom. He was just murder-deathing everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not that common that I sit down and watch part of other players playing a game. Yeah. I did for that. Yeah, no, it, was it was really just good. entertaining. All right, so uh, my second game that I played, and I had to like go look at my list because there's like a lot of games that I do want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just going to p- talk about the ones I really enjoy playing. Explorers was my first. The yep. next one here 
is Seven Wonders Architect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been telling me to play this game. I yep. bought a copy. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, you, it, I like Seven Wonders Duel. I'm not a big fan of Seven Wonders itself, but Seven Wonders Architect is the, the coup de grace for this yes. series. This yep. is by far one of the simplest. Uh, setup's real easy because you put everything in their, their containers yep. and then boom, you're ready. And it's very simple what you're doing. Your options are you can choose from one from deck on your left, or you can choose a card because they're face up on your left and right. You can choose a card from there, choose a card from the right, or you can choose one blind from the middle. Unless you have the cat and you can take a peek before you make your decisions. Uh-huh. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that rule. <laughs> yeah. We did not play that last time I played it. Oh, well. And so, and then whoever has the cat token at the end of the game also gets two points, I think it's what right. it is. Mm-hmm. So it is well done, and it's very simple. It's, it, you want to be the first person to build uh, your five things, because that triggers uh, the end game. Yep. The five pieces of your wonder. The five pieces of your wonder, and you have to build it from the floor, from the bottom up. And so one of the, the first ones, usually it's two different um, resources, and you can use gold resource as a wild resource. And so you're doing that, you build it, you get your points. Sometimes, though, when you flip something, it'll give you your wonder ability. So mine was, I played, I think, the Olympus statue. So I could pull from my left and right cards and yeah. just put them in my deck or in front of me in your display. Yeah, where mine was, uh, and this wasn't the same game, but the yeah. last time I played it, mine was when you build that, you immediately take the fa- a face-up card anywhere. Yeah, uh, I think uh, my wife was playing that one. Yeah. And so, and then my mutual or my my friends Angel and Maria, they were playing two other ones. And Maria, she kind of got screwed on the special powers because she was playing the pyramids. Oh, well, see, here's the thing: like, say all you want, yeah, there's no special powers, no, no, no but special there's power. more points. Yeah. So, like, if you it's get to the top more. of your pyramid, it's like six points or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's seven, I think. Yeah, it's ridiculous how yeah. much points are getting out of there. So, and then the thing is, even if you don't build build your wonder. Whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins. Right. So with her, even if she's got like three of her five pieces because of how power, how much those point those score, she still had a chance in the running. So yeah. it's very balanced, I think. Mind you, I only played four of the, I think it's like eight. Seven Wonders. Uh, oh, is it Seven Wonders in there? Oh, yeah. Seven Wonders? Yeah, well. I'm sorry. Well, it's it's called seven, seven wonders duel and there's like eight right. wonders but that's not that's not d-u-a-l that's that means two duel <laughs> means that you're dueling yeah that's but why I'm just it's saying, duel. I, I couldn't remember sometimes uh yeah. I, I want more so just yeah. give me more wonders right uh but also it makes a really nice setup because the insert are just the pieces so you just put everything in there frame it nicely and boom done yeah yeah the setup is fantastic yeah, yeah no this game back is a little bit yeah, no, it's this killed Seven Wonders for me. Absolutely. I will never touch Seven Wonders again. Right, agreed. Uh, I love Seven Wonders Duel for a two-player action. I haven't played this at two-player. I kind of want to do to see if there is will. a variation. I yeah. don't know what it is, but as I, soon as I saw like, oh, an optional two-player variation, I'm like, now nah, I'm all right. Yeah, because I have Seven Wonders. We played it with three, and three is fine. But yeah, I played it with four and had a great time with it. Honestly, yeah. I would play it with the full contingent, which is four, right? Or no, it can hold seven. Up seven. You can play yeah, all. Yeah, you can all, all seven. of them. Yeah. Yep. And I think it would be great. It'd be a little hectic because it's just a long table, and well, so so we played it at um, we played it at seven at the shop the very first time I played it, yeah. And it was maybe a thirty minute game, and that and was with three people who have never played any of the seven wonders. Yeah, so no, I don't like I so, said I don't think the time easy. variance will be that bad because no. it's just your turn is choose a card. If you build something, you have to immediately build your wonder. Yes. If you get a science, 
you pull the science. If you get two of one copy or three different sciences, right. you pull that. And mm-hmm. then you get a special power throughout the rest of the game or yep. just points. And if you get military and the last one flips, you go into attack. Oh, look, military's done. You keep your shields that don't right. have the horns on them. Yeah. It's real simple. It plays so quickly. We got a four-player game done in like 15 minutes. Actually, it took us 45 minutes because we had to take a quick break because my buddy had to go get our lunch and then come back. That, that makes sense. <laughs> you know what's you know what probably my favorite part about that game is? What is that? Is that... Every player has their own deck of cards, mm-hmm. which is kind of catered to their own wonder to give yeah. them advantage. Like so, Costas of Rhodes is a perfect example. His ability um, gives you more attack power, right? That are mm-hmm. permanent the farther up you build up. But a lot of the cards mm-hmm. in his deck is the same military, thing. It's yeah. military, and so your the the cards that you have to choose from. So you put your deck on the left or right, whichever one. It doesn't really matter. So I you think your between... deck has to go t- on your left side right. and share it with your left neighbor. Right. And their deck, or your neighbor your on right your right, neighbor. goes to my to right. left. So even <clears> if <throat> no, if nothing good comes up in your neighbor's, which it might, may or may not, right? Yeah. Then your deck is still kind of catered to yours. Yeah, and it right? would be good for me. Or if I don't like what's going over there, you could still draw from the blind. Yeah, just draw deck. random, right? Yeah. It, it's such a smart game. Yeah. It's probably now one of my favorite Bowsers. It is my favorite Bowser. I, it's I, I do like Hanabi Seven a Wonders lot. Duel. I really like Seven Wonders Duel. Yeah. But like, if I play more games of this, I can right. see it easily. All I ask is that if you're going to support this, give me more Wonders. Please. Right. Because you, you've given yeah. us a lot in the, all the regular Seven Wonders with all their expansions. Give right. us more. I couldn't believe it if they did like the Seven Modern Wonders. That'd be cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, seven Wonders, great choice, by the way. Because I completely agree. Because I played it recently as well. And I'm uh, <laughs> glad you talked about it so I didn't have to. Um, the next game that I wanted to talk about was a game that uh, you, me, and... I uh, know. I'm sorry. You did not play it. I played it with uh, my friend Jim and another one of our friends, Katie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, this game is the passive-aggressive game of cohabitation. Oh, God. Decorum. No. And I know I, I think we need to talk about this. Yeah, because, you can talk about it all you want. I, I'm not going to play this game. No, and nor am I going to try to make you because so the idea is is it's a very funny premise. Like you're yeah, the it, you is are great. both you're all the players are um, roommates in this house and you are trying to decorate it in a way that suits your wants. But it also it is a cooperative game. So you want to solve this puzzle where. All players get everything that they want to out of the cards uh, or out of the tokens that are on the board, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a and and so after each player, either all, all you do on your turn is either you remove a pawn, uh, remove, remove a piece, put down a piece, um, trade it out for one that's like either the same type or the same color. Yeah. Or uh, I'm sorry, same type really because it can't go in that spot if it's the same color. Or um, I think you can just pass, like, and not do much of anything. Um, it, and after every player does that, you can kind of respond, going, "Hmm, can't say I like your choice there," you know, like, and that, and that's funny. That that's a really funny premise, and I like it. And I went into it going, "Okay, you know, I get the humor. Mm-hmm. I understand, you know, the passive aggressive, you know, nature of it because that's funny." Yeah, yeah. And and I was fairly looking forward to it and we as a group me and my friends we all agreed it's like yeah this sounds silly let's 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 try it right Mm -hmm. and 
It fell so flat, we ended up hating every minute of it. Right near the end of the game, we played it for probably an hour and 15 minutes. Just one scenario. Okay. Um, it, at the end of it, we were like near the last round and we were, we were all thinking, it's like, is this even possible given what we have? Like, I mean, we think it is, but we don't know for sure if it's even possible. Mm-hmm. And like after every few rounds or so, you, you have this chance where you pass somebody one of your want cards and you it's basically like a heart to heart, basically. Yeah. You say, or in that group, it's a it's a group meeting, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they say. But um, you basically explain to them, it's like, look, uh, this would be the equivalent of saying, I I just want everything in this room to be blue. That's that's really all I want. Okay. That's all you have to do. And then so that's the heart to heart thing. And then it goes back to, then it adds that memory aspect to it. And so you're trying to figure out like, okay, I know what you have. I know what you have, like at least one of the few cards. Um I know how I can kind of make it work, but you still don't know all the information. And I think that's that's the part that's getting to it. I know co-ops aren't supposed to be the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But this was the very first scenario. And we spent more than an hour trying to figure out if it was even possible. Which we, you barely can get it possible. We hated every second of it. The first so, five minutes so was So you funny. say we, it's all three players. All three of us all just unanimously agreed <laughs> this was awful. <laughs> okay. And that's rare. Like, yeah. only one of us will be like, well, eh, you know, it wasn't that bad. And the rest yeah. are like, eh, no, it was pretty bad. No, we all just like, we put that box, we put the box away and we're like, this, we're never playing this again. Mm-hmm. Because, so, here, problem number one. First off, if you're living with a roommate, why can't you tell them why you, why you don't want that? That yeah, doesn't exactly. make sense. Yeah. So, but fine. Thematic apart, you're trying to get the mechanism. I get it. You're just trying to be passive aggressive about it. It's like, no, nope, can't say I like it. You know, I fine. I get it. I like the theme. I understand that. Second problem I have. They, if you play it with two players or three or four, there's a different setup for each one of those okay. player counts. Now, there are there's like 20 scenarios for two-player games, which makes me almost wonder if it was just made for two-player originally. Yeah. But then there are... A uh, set of like 12 more envelopes that are just for three or four player. Okay. Okay. So we played a three player one. With that, it gives you all the components for the fourth player. And on the back of it, uh, third problem is that you have to choose from the colors available. Like it, there was red, green, yellow, and blue. And nobody could pick red, even though one of our players is almost always red. And that's because that would definitely be the fourth player. Like the game has to set you up in a certain uh, positioning. Like, if, if you're playing two players, it has to be blue and yellow. If you're playing three players, it has to have green. It, like, you know, has to have those. Next problem is that the fourth player's stuff, it says explicitly on the backs of the cards, oh, blue player will get this card. Green player will get this card. Yellow player will get that. And it's adding all of these extra, extra steps on top of it just to account for the player count. Yeah. Now... Granted, I was reading, I didn't know much about it. I was reading the rules as we were playing, and I know that kind of bums them out in the first place, but we hit it going pretty optimistically. We thought it was going to be okay. Yeah. And it fell so flat, and it's very rare that I got, that we would get that upset after a game that it immediately went to my trade pile. I was like, I'm not keeping this game. This was awful. Yeah. And I'm really, really kind of annoyed by it. Well, it's and funny because. Which, which uh... frustrates me because. That was from Floodgate Games. Mm-hmm. And Floodgate Games, ever since Sagrada, like, Sagrada was a great game. Yes. It seems like they've been getting worse and worse. 
Except for kites, which we've talked about, and I, I can't wait we, to get We kites. want that one. But yeah, every game that they follow up with it that I've played just seems to get worse less worse, fun. Yeah. Well, when they were describing it at Gamma, when we were there, I I told you flat out, no. I'm not, right. <laughs> even when they gave us the copy and we were trying to divvy out who's getting what. And yeah, you're, you're, you're easy. You, like, you, you, you looked at me like, you, you want this? No, you take it. I'm not. No. Well, see, and I don't blame you. Like, that, that theme <laughs> will not appeal to some people. Yeah. But it does to me. That was the best part about it was that chuckle of the theme. Yeah. That, that was that was the only <laughs> thing it had going for it. Like, the art was okay. The, the, the pieces were fine, yeah. I guess. You know, some of the pieces were a little chintzy, but it was, it was fine. Um decent components but it's just the game sucked yeah. i'm sorry to say i i did not have fun maybe we played it wrong that, that very well could be it could I'm be wait to see what other reviewers say and i'll watch a review i've uh, i think uh dice tower did a live play of it so probably uh, i'll i haven't I'll checked it, it out so i'll see what they say but yeah i I didn't really care for it when they were subscribed to me. And yeah. so, like, I've gotten to the point where I know if I'm going to like something or not. So, every now and then I'm surprised. Most of the time, yeah, every yeah. now and then I'm surprised. Yeah. And I won't admit it. But when I saw that, I'm like, nope, I don't care yeah. much for that oppressive aggressiveness. It, and, and same thing. Like, I don't think it, like, the humor in it out, the, the game out says it's welcome. Mm -hmm. It's frustrating to set up. It's not. It's not a good puzzle to. There's a lot of games where like restricted communication is, is a, good. It's fine. Yeah, yeah and it's fun, uh, but that's not one of them. No. Yeah. So let's move on to a game that is actually fun. Oh, okay. Please. Uh, one game that I fell in love with after the first play. I actually bought it on sale. Mm -hmm. Thought, okay, I'll check this out because I, I got it highly recommended from you and our mutual friend Dom, and so yep. actually was able to pick it up. From Game Nerds, uh, not sponsored, but they had a great deal of the day, so I picked it up. Okay. Loved it so much, I got expansions for it, and I just upgraded the bits. Uh, they just shipped out today from Board Game Geek, and okay. it's it's a wonderful world. Yeah. And yep. so, speaking of Seven Wonders, when we said Seven Wonders Architect... It's a Seven Wonderful World. <laughs> yeah, Seven Wonders Architect kills Seven Wonders. This one also kills Seven <laughs> yeah. Wonders, just because what it does for drafting is just as simple as Seven Wonders. But... Seven Wonders is not making it out alive today. <laughs> no. no. This is an amazing game. I re had a really good time playing it. I was very happy I did the one card that I could have done, even though it made no sense for me to do it because I was playing at a totally different empire instead of finance, but mm -hmm. it was the only card of this in the deck. Right. And I wanted to build this. And mm -hmm. so I did. I lost miserably. Yeah. And I already know what I could do. But you won in your own right. Yeah. And, and I know what to do, play better next time. But mm -hmm. usually when I play games, even new games, I like to be like the chaos variant. I don't go for the more streamlined things. I want to see what works and what doesn't. And I had a great time playing this. It's real simple. You get seven cards. You draft one. You pass it to your left or right, depending on which round it is. You the next set of cards you get, you have six now. You pick one and just keep moving it until you have seven cards. Yep. Once you get your seven cards, you put them out in front of you and you decide which ones you're going to try to build and which ones you're going to throw away basically to get recycle or they call it recycle this way you can get resources for it once a card is built when you go into income phase it's giving you those resources when you go into income phase if you produce the most of something you get a bonus if not you just get your resources and i thought this game was just smart really good love 
the theme on it and it's just like post-apocalyptic new empires are coming mm -hmm. up it's fine it's not it's not really like post-apocalyptic yeah the just, theme is pretty it's yeah it's most drafting games more like theme. future industrial yeah it's yeah. just like uh there was a great collapse a great war new empires have been built up and mm -hmm. so you're just trying to be the best of the new empires and stuff like that right yeah, sure. You could put any real thing. You could right. put a space theme on this and it'd still sure. be fine. But it was, I loved it. I had a great time with it. Good. I bought the expansions, the upgraded bits. If they put this on Kickstarter again, I'll probably back it. Yep. So, yeah, it was a great one for me. So, if you back it again, does that mean that you'll own multiple copies of the same game? No, because I'll probably get rid of the one I already have. Temporarily? Temporarily. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I had... But, and the main reason I want to back it is because I want all the cool stuff that our mutual yeah. friend has. Because yes, he had like little boxes that store like the bowls and the, the pieces mm -hmm. in there so they don't fall out of place. Yeah. But all Super all, unnecessary, but really yeah. good quality. Yeah. And so like the expansions gave me some really cool stuff. So like that player board mm -hmm. that he has that's like the hard that you can use a dry erase for <laughs> came yeah. in one of the expansions. Yeah. No, excuse me. I got two new extra ra uh, races. Uh empires that mm -hmm. they can mix into the big game without using the new cards and stuff like that so that right. helps but yeah no it's a phenomenal game i rec highly recommend it for people to try it especially if you like drafting games right uh it's a wonderful world very cool so the next game that i wanted to talk about was <laughs> one that you talked about earlier that you said alluded to alluded to yeah um it is a game that I also bought for only four dollars. <laughs> we have Amazon uh, Prime, and on Amazon, it's selling for four dollars. So yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, any any retail stores. I mean, if there's a store locally that that you, you can find it, it from, yeah, go buy it there instead. Yeah, really Amazon good. doesn't need your money. Yeah, but four dollars. Yeah, we, we don't sell it at our local store, and I yeah. haven't seen it uh, anywhere in the stores one. here. Yeah, yeah, and so it's called Yacht Rock. Now, from Prospero first off, I don't like Yacht Rock. I like Rock. I've never been on a yacht. I've been on a, a glass bottom boat. That's almost a yacht. Mm. Um, I you know I like Beach Boys quite a bit, but <sighs> Beach Boys is surf rock. It's mm. Yacht rock and surf rock are different things. Not a fan of like what Jimmy Buffett is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's kind of like the well known like Margaritaville. One. Margaritaville. Yeah. I'm, okay. Fine. Whatever. Theme aside, um, I do like music games. And, and there's not a lot of good ones either. And there's not a lot of good ones. Um, so the idea of this game is that you you and all the other players are part of a yacht rock band. And you score points in a couple different ways. First off, um, you can sing duets with people. So you can get cards that have different styles of music. And you can sing songs and create singles and sell the yacht rock. Makes sense, right? And okay. I'll explain more about that here in a minute. And then the other one is you can get different styles of clothing and show up to parties and get points that way. Um, <laughs> so, I guess, right? Yeah. Sure, why not? It's fine. Um, it's a drafting game where uh, there's five different piles around uh, a record, actually, yeah. that holds a lot of the cards. Um, when you take, you choose one of the five piles, you pick up all the cards that are in the pile, and then you deal three cards to refill. One on that one. Uh, the empty space that you just put, and one on each to the left and right side of that. Yeah. So piles will start building up, and you're supposed to see all the cards. That's kind of a cool drafting mechanism. I yeah. like it. Simple. Um, you can only have one of each type of clothing, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're not going to show up in a party with like two pairs of sunglasses. Yeah. yeah, that's weird. Um, 
Well, maybe you've had like an undershirt, right? And then the Hawaiian shirt like over it unbuttoned. Yeah, but it's not Yacht Rock. That's true. It's not as Yacht In fact, uh, the shirts even had stuff like that, but it was that they were right. in the picture. Right, exactly. And so there, there's a couple different colors like lavender, uh, purple. That's my biggest problem. With the, the, they weren't in easily distinguishable. No. That was one problem that you and I had. I was able to tell that Some they were yeah. different. Yeah. I was able, I couldn't tell you what colors. And right? the, the big part of it too is because of the point system. So yeah. like, a, okay, what is this? And then yeah. some of them were like dual colors too. Right. So when you show up to a party, what happens is um, the, the party kind of gives you an idea of like what might score, but you don't know that for sure. Yeah. And it's got all, uh, all the cards have three ways of scoring. It only right. shows you two. Right. It only shows you two. So one might be, oh, you're going to get one point for every article with, with a certain color. Mm-hmm. And the other one might be, oh, you're trying to score for variety or you you get three points for one of the, the other color, something yeah. like that. Or you might be trying to go for points of, you get four points if you have like a pair of sunglasses, yeah. right? And what's cool is at the end of the round, when everyone's taking three turns, you take a guitar pick of your color, which is a pretty cool component, um, you and you put it on one of the two parties that you're going yeah. to and then only those players reveal. So out of a multi a multiplayer game, we played at three. I think it would still work pretty well with four yeah. or five even. Um, you go to that party and you score points based on that. But the other way you score points by making songs. This is what I liked a lot. Um, each not song, only are you drafting clothes. Yeah. And you forgot to mention, like, if you want to change out your shirt, you can. You just sell off the other shirt that you already have. That's right. And there's the gold clothes. Yeah. There's gold clothes that are worth more points mm-hmm. because they don't ever fall within a party. So that's cool. Um, but the the one way that I that I really like is that each song that it has and it has names on it. It's yeah. like a, a sprinkler under the palm tree or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You my, can tell my that they're made up. Palm tree. Yeah, my own personal palm tree. You can tell that they're definitely on theme, but oh, yeah. they're spoofing it at the same time. I like that. Um, but each one might need three things. So you might need a palm tree, flamingos making a heart, and a guitar. Right. Yeah. Um, if you have all three. You make the single, you get a singles token, which is another way to get points um, through the parties, and then you get eight points flat. Done. However, if you want to go in a duet, like let's say you and I want to make a song, all, we only each need one piece. Piece, yeah. We each get three points, but then we each get a singles token, which are little vinyl record tokens. And what's also neat about it, too, is like when you're putting the cards out for like the drafting part of it, uh-huh. you only use so much of the deck. The rest of the stuff is put to the side right. until the next round because it all gets reshuffled and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's nice because you, you hold on stuff for the next rounds, too. So I was able to make like a couple by myself because I was holding yeah, stuff for the sure next did. round. Yeah, and you jumped ahead because of that. And and there was some wheeling and dealing done, too. Yeah. It's like, hey, anybody want to go in on this with me? Nah, you have too many singles tokens. We're good. <laughs> uh, you know, and it, it's just kind of silly. It's a quick game. Played, what, 20 minutes? Yeah. It wasn't bad at all. Um, honestly, I was, I, was, I was aiming to play it so I could decide immediately if I wanted to get rid of it or not. Because yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting much. But, though. yeah. But I know you like Prospero Hall, and I could convince you to play it because it is a Prospero yeah. Hall. And we've been surprised before. And I actually kind of liked it a lot. I, I'm going to keep it, it for a while. I liked it. I bought it. Um, bought my yeah. own copy. And yeah. the, the thing about it, too, is that it's um, something good filler. It only took about yeah. 20 minutes, if that. And that's because we were reading the rules. Right. A funny, silly theme. We yeah. played it while we were waiting for our friend. Uh, it didn't take long at all. Quick, quick to be finished. 20 minutes, maybe. Mm-hmm. We played it real fast. Enjoyed it. Had had a couple chuckles on the way and yeah. good fun. That's really all you want in a, in a simple game like that. 
definitely worth the four dollars yeah no I, I i i agree yeah yacht rock by funko games is it funko mm-hmm. funko oh. games made it all right so moving on to my last game and my number one game that i played and um i do want to get a quick shout out i did try another game uh, i bought it and tried it that you recommended trekking the national parks oh great okay great game but uh, actually all of the on this list that i've talked about this would probably be at like the back end. This is like an honorable mention because yeah, my sure. number one game I've really enjoyed pl- that we played recently is Ark Nova. I knew you were going to bring this up. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it was a bit of a bear to learn. Once we kind of figured it out, we, it started going. And like I said, I want to pull it out again one of these days for us to play four player again now that we kind of know how to play it. Right. And see how it goes. The scoring in it is a little weird to me because it's like one track has to pass the I other track. I already forgot what the scoring was. So one track has to cross the other track. And if uh, it's yeah. a positive, the highest positive wins the game. If you're in a negative, you're, you're based. Yeah. But uh, although you were a jerk at the end there. You're like, like, and you were one of the negatives. Yeah. You wanted to know our poor friend, uh, the game head the geek, geek, had negative 37 <laughs> points. And that's what you put in the app. <laughs> you didn't put zero. You put negative 37. Because it always says whoever has, a, whoever has the highest positive score wins the game. Right. It doesn't say anything about keeping the negative score. It's just whoever has the positive high score <laughs> wins. Mind you, I was negative 7 or 17. I can't remember exactly. Uh, I was negative 11. So I knew it was in that yeah. range. Yeah. But uh, he was negative He was halfway 30. across the board. <laughs> yeah. So, But he was even telling me because I had to work with him on Sunday. Or no, Monday we were talking about it on our drive and he was like i hate you because i've done nothing but think about arc nova and how i can play it better and so yeah it it was that good of a game was where you're sitting there thinking what could i do to make my score better or what could i do to play better Mm -hmm. and i think it was just it was a good game i had a great time with it i know some people have like issues with like the take that cards in it they weren't that mean really Yeah. yeah they're not that mean but uh, I had a really good time playing with it, and I was like, I really wanted to get this to the table again right. because it was that fun. I, I get why it's getting the praise. I, I do too. Yeah, I did very much enjoy it. There was a lot of really fun parts. However, I am going to side with our friend Ithri for a minute because he <laughs> sent me a message a few weeks ago saying how he had played it and how he was really just like honestly astonished by how, how much icons – how much text, mm-hmm. how much was going on on just any card in the game. You could pick a random card and you're like, wow, that's more rules than most games. Luckily enough for me, because of that, because I play Terraforming Mars, I kind of have the gist of how this works. Sure. One side is the cost. Mm-hmm. The other side is basically the tags, mm-hmm. basically, like because you need certain tags for certain things. And then the car- bottom card is what you get rewarded for. Right. Yeah, no, it all makes sense. Yeah, it's just and it there's makes a sense lot to me on too. there. Yeah. But I love how he sent me a picture. It was like, seriously, this is just one card. And there was like, there was no fewer than 12 icons on that card. Yeah. I get, I get the frustration with that. It is super icon heavy. If we debate in the future, which I'm sure we will. And it's going to be one of the detractors. That will be a detractor because yeah, it is. But with that being set aside, I mean, I'm biased. I won the game Mm -hmm. and pretty, pretty handily. Five, ten. No, well, yeah. No, it was like 12 or something. Yeah. Was, I, I jumped way ahead at that end. At the part. very end, yeah. Yeah, and I I don't think either of you guys saw it, but I was like, I was pretty far back, and then in one turn, I jumped like halfway across the board. And it's not like he jumped like on the score, like the appeal side. It was more on the... the I, I jumped on the harder side. Yeah. yeah. 
the uh, not the easier side. The appeals right. got the smaller jumps. Because for the sh- longest time, time I was only on the yeah. tickets. Yeah, and I was farther back than anybody. Yeah, and I was, and I'm sure, like at one point, you were looking at me like, like no, I knew what I'm you running were away with it. Yeah, you you kind of saw it's like <laughs> I'm I saw a late where things were going, guy. and then yeah. you were. I saw where you were moving here. I'm like, oh god, yeah. if he's because this is the easier one to jump on because they're right. wider. If if he he doesn't need to get his appeal, like although our friend Mute, or Dom that we talk about all the time, yeah. he likes to play the New Orleans strategy. He was we thought he was going to trigger it because he was going so far in the appeals track, and then he started moving his other one. But while yeah. he was still climbing the appeals track, yeah. and it was very close with him. I think he he, he was, was second place. He, yeah, he was definitely he was second in the place. positives. Yeah, sure. he he was the only other player in the positive of a four player game. Yeah, and that's that's saying something. No, I I I did like it. Uh, the only other gripe that I have with it is that, which I'm glad that we play like friendly mm-hmm. because there was a lot of cards where it's like, oh, well, if somebody builds something in Australia, I'll get three points. Or no, mine was a bird. Yeah. And we're not the kind of players that's like, hey, hey, they built a bird. All right, cool. Can you get me three points? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Yeah. You know, or three coins, whatever. You know, we're, we're going to play friendly because we want to win fair. Yeah. But that was the only interaction through other players. There was True. Like, it was multiplayer solitaire other than that one little part. And then the little mean cards. Yeah, and then but even then that was hardly that was hardly ever interaction. <laughs> yeah, well, no, because some of them like the hypnotize like where I can take a an action of someone ahead of me and force yeah. their card to go down sure. to the, I really like the the selection of the action and the further the action it goes selection up. is really cool. <laughs> yeah. So I had a really good fun. time with that game. Uh so my number one was Ark Nova. I had a great time with this game. Very cool. Alright, uh, my last one that I want to talk about isn't actually a game, it's an expansion to a game that I played. It is the newest Dominion. I played Dominion Allies. I know what you... <laughs> say what you will. Whatever. But, we played it, um, we played a three-player game of it, me and my friend Jim and Katie. Um, Katie had never played it before that time. Uh, ever Dominion. Oh, shut up. She enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, Jim and I are both big fans of it. And this new expansion adds... Uh, enough little variables that it made it really intriguing. So we just picked 10 random kingdom cards. Okay. And three of them were um, rotating decks, which is kind of different. So in the original Dominion, you have 10 different stacks that you go off of. And these rotating stacks, what they are, they kind of tell a little story. So like we had one that was like the Wizards and one that was the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. So the Wizards, for example, um, you start off as like an apprentice, then you become a sorcerer, then you become a spellmaster, then a lich or something like that. Yeah. Um, the the Odyssey one it started with an old map, then it went to voyage, then it went to discovery, then it went to treasure or something to that effect. Uh-huh. And what happens is when you play the first deck or the first card in that deck, it rotates it to the next one. So instead of having just 10 of the same cards in a pile, you actually have like four, then four, then four, then four. And so you rotate it. And there was some cards. Normally, you only take like one action, one you can buy one card, and then that's it, right? But yeah. a lot of the, the appeal of the game is that a lot of cards give you extra actions, let you draw more cards, they'll let you. Um, Sorry about that. They'll let you um, draw more cards. They'll let you take more actions. They'll let you buy more things, and that's part of it is just setting up those combos, right? Mm-hmm. The Lich card immediately says that on your turn this is like the most advanced wizard one that you can get you immediately draw six cards and you get two more actions okay but then you have to skip your next turn (laughs) which is hilarious so basically you just jump ahead and time travel a full turn ahead that was awesome 
And then there was some cards called favor cards where there's different ones that let you get favor tokens. Yeah. That you can trade in. And it's a communal ability that anyone could take as long as they had the, the favor tokens. And this one that we had, we you like draw the top three cards and you can uh, put them back in any order or discard them. So okay. you can kind of cycle through your deck a bit, which is fine. That's perfect for what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. And then that combined with the other cards where you're drawing certain cards and all that stuff. Oh my goodness. It ended up being a really fun time. Katie ended up liking it a lot considering that was the very first time she had ever played Dominion. Uh, Jim, he was like, oh yeah, this expansion is up there. And considering Dominion has 14 expansions and some of them are not nearly as good as others, mm-hmm. this really was good. And that's, they, they've said this before in like reviews and stuff I've listened to. And yeah. I completely agree. This is a, Dominion seemed like it was already petering out and they were going to end it. Because like, how much more can you do? This is a great refreshing, like, oh wow, no, there's still a lot to explore with deck building. There's a lot that, that you don't have to break rules and introduce super complicated things, but you can add in a couple little tweaks right here, and it seems like a brand new game. Okay. I like it a lot. I thought it did a really neat thing with, with those You like changes. it a lot, of course. You already like Dominion a lot. But I've played some of the expansions where I was like, eh, okay, it's fine, right? And I'm just a completionist, so I got all of it, but this newest expansion was really genuinely neat. I can't really say anything. I'm a completionist. Look at my X-Men over here. Right? Exactly. No, it, exactly. I hear you. So that's the last game I wanted to talk about was uh, Dominion Allies expansion, the brand newest one. All right, so now we're going to go straight back into our topics. Uh, we're going to talk about our discussion topic that I came up with. Once again, I apologize that it was difficult for you, but I am curious to hear, you know, that active struggle that you that you gave to this and the fact that you were persistent, you're probably going to have some really interesting insight. And I mean that genuinely. I, I am curious to see. Oh, there's no interesting insight on this. I'll tell you that. Well, much. then we'll skip you then and go straight into mine. No. I, no, I am curious to see like what games you put and why. And I feel like there is going to be some crossover, at least for the reasoning, but maybe not the game. Game, yeah. Yeah, so let's see if this is. So um, our first example, number eight. Uh, Drop my coin. Yep, I dropped it into my, the cuff of my pants. All right, you'll be starting us off. All right, so the first game I'm going to talk about, and so the way I went about this is I just tried to think about oh. why and what. Oh, yeah. We, Let's pause. Let's talk about our, <laughs> our viewers first. <laughs> That's right. How egocentric of us. We have not even talked about uh, the people who answered on the Board Game Revolution forum who responded just Within the last two hours. Yeah, you know, two yeah I accidentally forgot to put the post this morning. But I was running no a little late to work. Yeah, no problem. So Krista was the first one to comment. And she said, uh, I suppose the only way I would I would do this or I would is if the retail copy and maybe upgraded to a deluxe or something. I've never done this, but I'm considering it with Radlands. Then again, I'll probably give away my other copy if I get the deluxe, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's very intriguing with this list because, again, not a lot of people want to keep multiple copies of a certain game. Just right. And there's a lot of reasons not to own it, multiple copies. That's why I think it's so strange to think about why, why would you. Yeah. And so moving on to Duncan here, he says he has two copies of Pitch Car. This way he has more weird and wonderful tracks. Right. And I can actually see something like that. Right. Um, if I thought of Pitch Car, I probably would have put this on the list. Yeah. But I, so, because you just get more tracks, you can build better right. things. You have more. My only issue is if you have two copies of Pitch Car, you uh, you couldn't use like some of your cars because they're the same color unless you mark them up. Right. <coughs> Thomas um, 
actually the admin of admin this, yeah of this group was kind enough to respond he says i have first second editions of a few for one reason or another like both versions still valid to me or whatever not committal, uh, but we yeah. appreciate the response. Terry says, personally, I own a couple copies of On Tour and Llama. I own a couple copies of each just because I'd like being able to play with more than whatever the player count in the box says with a few of my games. In this case, On Tour, I can play with eight at any given time, and all of them can have their own dry erase boards instead of just four having them and the other four having to use a print-and-play version of needing to hold the game themselves. Speaking of which, they just announced more On Tour. Um... Mm-hmm. Paris and New York, I think is what it's called. Uh, also, I've purchased multiple copies of other games, such as Llama, Jaipur, Wizard, Quicks, King Domino, Take Five, Dizzle, Orchid, and a nine-card solitaire uh, a nine-card solitaire game. Royals, Point Salad, Hell Doc Mau Mau to give friends of mine who aren't really gamers but like to play games every now and then. I would like to point out Orchard, a nine-player solitaire game, can play two players if you have a second copy. <laughs> And I didn't realize that because that that was a game our friend Ithri actually uh, showed me and bought me a copy. He was kind enough to do that because I've nice. been getting into solo games lately. Yeah. And he was kind enough to do that for me. So, and I actually really quite like it. Um, Eric said, maybe two copies of a limited print game you really like. I have two copies of a couple games, Love Letter, and we didn't play test this at all. That and that we take camping so that my main copy doesn't get dirty or damaged. I have a couple copies of Diplomacy. Why? <laughs> One is an early edition and the other newer. We used to we used to use the second copy for planning and the other first for the official game state. That's really intense. Yeah. That is meta gaming. Yeah, That's brilliant. I mean, everybody says you could yeah, everybody has to play Diplomacy once, but we give each other enough crud. I don't need to lose my friendships well, we over a game. we played Game of Thrones, so yeah. therefore we played Diplomacy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anthony says, uh, I have a certain games where I have a travel copy and a collection copy, Carcassonne, Hero Realms, Cartographers, etc. The travel copies are stripped down to the bare essentials and packed in a storage cage from Michael's. When we go see family, take the kids on picnics, or just hang out, or on our back deck, I use travel games. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah no, that makes a lot of sense. Abdul says, some games require two sets to combine to play with more players. For example, Command and Colors Epic Variation attached as an example of a six-player session of Memoir 44, which is massive. Yeah, he uh, sent us a picture on here. Um, if you want to go see it, go to the Board Game Revolution group and look for this chat. But yeah, wow. Yeah, I didn't. I, that makes sense too, but I would not have expected it otherwise. Isaac said, My family knows I like board games, and they try to get me presents for the holidays. I end up I end up with four copies of Ticket to Ride because they hear it's a good game from the Target employees. Uh, they're not wrong. Yeah. Graham says, lifelong ADD. No joke. I wrote about this elsewhere, but ADD involves a dysfunction of short-term memory. So if there is a game that I really want to get, I've been known to purchase it and then purchase it again. Sometimes I'll purchase it from one place and while I'm waiting for it to arrive, I'll order it from another place. Sometimes I'll buy something and stick it in the trunk of my car for a few months and then think it's lost and purchase it again. I've done some variation of that at least five times. Note that I've also bought replacement copies, new editions of one game, Cosmic Encounters, because I played it until the box was more masking tape than cardboard and just about every part of it had been worn down from use, but mostly it's been due to ADD. On a related note, I've lost several Kindles due to ADD, 
related mishaps, like putting it on top of my car while I remove groceries, then get back in my car for an, for, a, for another errand. Forgetting it was there, I like bringing my Kindle just about everywhere. I've found melted ice cream on top of on top of my fridge. I found sneakers once in my freezer. I can't tell you how many times I've lost my glasses or cell phone because I was affectionately called a brain, or what I affectionately call a brain fart. Sometimes it really sucks, but most people don't tell you about ADD is that it actually comes with a superpower called hyperfocus. It made me really good computer programmer systems analysis. First off, Graham, thank you so much for that really insightful <laughs> like yeah. comment. That that was awesome of you to share that, and and I appreciate that you that you take it kindly. You know, like yeah. it's, it's something that some people could struggle with, and you look at it from a very optimistic standpoint. And by the way, the version of Cosmic Encounter that he has. That shows how loved that game is. <laughs> is. Yeah, that's amazing. It's more cardboard or more bad masking tape. tape. Yeah, bravo to you, Graham. We love that post. Thank you for that. All right, and the last post here is Nicholas. I do have three versions of Flux, but there is a reason for my madness. One is my complete uh, out of print regular show deck. One is my complete out of print Adventure Time deck. And the chemistry one is in memory of my dad. He would have gone crazy over it. Yep. And both of us understand that a lot. Absolutely. A little too well. Yeah. Nicholas, thank you for sharing that as well. Awesome. Cool. Now let's talk and get into yeah. ours, uh, starting with me. Right. Uh, so the first game on my list here, and so the way I have this ordered out is there is actually stuff that I have multiple copies of. Mm -hmm. And it's just more so because of theme. Yeah. So the first one I'm going to start with is Legendary Encounters. Okay. And so... I'm trying, just trying to break it into categories, reasoning why I have multiple copies of a certain game. Uh, and it's just a lot of it has to do with the theming. So Legendary Encounters itself, I have both the Alien and the Predators. Yeah. Um, I've thought about Firefly. I like the Encounter uh, series more so than the regular Legendary because I like how things are coming in blind. You have to use resources to... Um, to uh, open them up and see what's coming out before they get into the thing to attack you. Um, I like the fact that you can interchange them and be you play as predators and make a, a co-op game competitive by trying to be the best trophy hunter predator when you're trying to fight the aliens. Right. And so this is one of the few games I do have multiple copies of, and it's just because they have a different theme on it. They play exactly the same. They do the exact same things. The only difference is the cards that you're getting and the cards that you can start with. And so... Right. That's my first game. Uh, we'll talk about others that are just kind of the same theme for different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and when we get further up in the list, that uh, things are going to change a little. Cool. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is the only example of a reason why I would own multiple games that I haven't yet done. So the other seven I've actually done, and I'll explain which games specifically those are. Um, but the first one is if I own a prototype of a game. Now, there are a few games that I know that are coming out that I own prototypes for. And so eventually I will be. I, and the example I have, a good friend of mine invented a game called Cobble. Mm -hmm. And it's been been in development for quite some time. And I am very much looking forward to when it finally gets released. And uh, she made me one of the, my original copy, one of the few that exist. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that game. I adore it. I can't wait to get an actual copy because I gladly will. And I'm not going to get rid of my original one because yeah. she drew... On the box art for me. <laughs> so there's no way I'm getting rid of that. And I'll probably only play the new one after that comes out. That's, yep. So that's uh, an example of why I would own more than one game is if I had a prototype of it. Okay. Sounds good. 
right. My what next one. Sure. I'll lead off on this next one. My next one that I wanted to talk about is uh, it, the examples that I have would be any legacy game if I own multiple copies, but more more so roll and rights. Mm-hmm. And that's if the game is consumable. If it's yeah. a game that I know I like, most most companies are really good about, you know, if it's a roll and write, you'll have plenty of sheets of paper um, to use from. Uh, legacy games are a little less known for that. They're not normally replayable afterwards. But I might want to play that storyline again and try it in different ways. Um, I haven't done that with a legacy yet, but that is something I would consider. Yeah. But roll and write, I've definitely owned multiple copies of those. And that, like, Quix is the perfect example of it. Um, I find that at thrift stores every once in a while. It's like, I could use another pad, you know. I'm going to buy another base set just yeah. so that way I have all the extra components for when we keep using it and using it and using it. It's not con- it's not consumed yeah. and I can keep replaying it. Yeah, no, I, I, I tried not to do rolling rights myself. Um, mind you, yeah, sorry guys if you hear my dog. He's not happy. He's locked up right now. Right. Uh, just a heads up. Uh, but yeah, I tried to like do something outside the box here and not talk about rolling rights because in all honesty... Um, I'm trying to, uh, if it's consumable, I'm trying to... Uh, Protect it, laminate it. Laminate, there yeah. we go. I couldn't think of that word, but laminate them. This way mm-hmm. I can just keep using it with the uh, right. stuff. So my next game on my list is another one that I have multiple copies of. Um, this is one of the examples we talked about when we were doing this list, and this is Marvel United, X-Men United. I do have both base games, Marvel United and X-Men United. All the expansions you see above me are for X-Men United only. But I like the fact that they're interchangeable, and that's another reason why I would some may do this is just because of the interchangeability. I'd mentioned mm-hmm. it about Legends, um, uh, Legendary Encounter with I can use the the Predators inside the Alien deck and you know Trophy Hunt. Same thing with this one. I can get Captain right. America to fight Magneto and just make it really feel like a comic book um, uh, game. And so I really enjoy this one, have a great time with it, and so. This one, to me, was one of the only ones I could really think of at first because it's so interchangeable. I could have uh, Captain America go up against the, the, the freaking Sentinels in this game, which right. are massive minis. So, yeah. They really are. X-Men Marvel United was my next pick. Okay. All right. Our next picks number six. I'll be starting us off. The next one is kind of a weird one that I don't think many people uh, do, but I, I do this fairly often but i don't think many people do um what i'm i'm always thrifting and looking around for good deals and stuff Mm -hmm. and there is oftentimes i'll see a really good deal on a board game that 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 we all generally like you know yeah and what i normally do is because i know you or a few of my other friends might might want it is i'll just buy the game offer it to you guys at the same price i buy it for now and you guys get a good deal and i snagged it up before anybody else did so you guys can still get it right um, you know, not trying to turn a profit or anything, but I buy it for my friends in case you guys don't have it. Yeah. But there is instances <laughs> where everyone does have it and I didn't <laughs> know that. And so right now the pick is ice school. Yeah. I own two base copies of that. Now I like ice school a lot. I'm the only one that doesn't own it, but I don't really want a copy. Exactly. Which is fair. And so I always figured that, you know, if you guys don't like it, then I still got it for a good deal. I can yeah. trade it in. You know, maybe get uh, something else for like store credit. And now the other dog is guarding the house. Right. Exactly. And that's right outside my window right here. That's right. But so that's one of the reasons why I would own multiple base sets, whether I want to keep expend on or ex- expect to keep them or not, is because I buy them for my friends. 
And uh, if you guys have them, then cool. No harm, no foul. I'll trade them in. But currently, that means that I sit on multiple copies from time to time. And that is my number six. As I am filling in and talking. <laughs> no, no, I'm listening. I know you're listening. <laughs> I'm trying to get my wife to get them in the house. No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> they're, they're adding, they're adding, adding a laugh track to yeah, our commentary. Much, yeah. is all that is. <laughs> all right, moving on to our next one. Huh? <laughs> moving on. Oh, number oh, six. No. Your number. Oh, six, my so. number six. Okay, so my next one actually is another one that I have multiple copies of for interchangeability, and this is Ascension. Mm-hmm. Um, I have three or four base copies of this game as well as some expansions right. and it's just because the interchangeability like i can play with this one and um or my dreamscape one going with my dawn of champions and i don't want to mix too much of it because it's just right. then you're not getting really the cards built of it but the fact that you could put two base sets together and have really cool combos that work with each other really mm-hmm. well i think is really neat and this is one of the another ones that I kind of thought of just because, again, the interchangeability. I can mix them together and have a great time with it. So um, this one was Ascension. Cool. All right, number five. You'll be leading us off. All right. Moving into my number five, and this is um, where it gets a little more different. I guess you could say for okay. the, like how like the first three was all about interchangeability. These ones... Uh, Two of them kind of go well together, but the next one I'm going to talk about here is Boomerang. I want multiple copies of this game because there's three versions of this game. You have Boomerang USA, which I do own a copy of. You have Boomerang Australia, which we played on Board Game Arena, but neither one of us have a copy of it. We really want to. And Boomerang Europe. And the thing is, is that they play similar, but also quite different. So, like, the difference between the two games that we have played is the catch-and-throw cards. Yep, Whereas um, the, 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 the throw and the catch, the, the catch has to be higher than the throw. So, that's the same with both games. Mm-hmm. But you score the difference of those, t- uh, those games in Australia, yep. if I remember correctly. Yeah, so, no, the in Australia, you always score the difference, regardless of which one is bigger. Okay, yeah, you, you score, score the, the difference. difference between the two. In the United States one, the USA you version... You need the, it, the catch you to be score, higher. You score the throw, throw card, card if the catch, catch is, is higher. higher. Yeah, and so I like that, and I want to see what they do with the Europe. Um, mm-hmm. I like the, the combos that go with them. They're different, so, like, the animals that you're seeing in Australia or you know australian animals kangaroos koalas whereas the one in um yeah usa is like eagles and you got souvenirs but you also have one card that's just a sasquatch either really people really either like that or really (laughs) hate it it, i'm on the like part i I think that's hilarious i find it funny it's like yeah but i also let people know like if i know the fact i'm not gonna you know not let other people know about the fact right no it's like hey we're gonna let you in on the joke (laughs) so when you see it you can laugh but really though like it's not there's only one because you know it's not it's only been spotted no no one right no one's taking a real picture (laughs) yeah so you need a pair to score like your animals and the sasquatch is only one but i like that stuff i like the little Mm -hmm. jokes i like the the great thing about this game so i do want multiple copies of this game because of the differences Mm -hmm. but they're pretty much the same game and they just score slightly different or they have like small little changes that's right cool yeah good pick my number five is um similar to that it it's 
this is one of those examples where it's like it's not technically the same game, but I will own sequels to games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the example that I picked was Micro Macro. Uh, I like Micro Macro a lot. I think it's a really fun game. And so when they announce the sequel to it, it plays the exact same thing, just yeah. slightly, just different scenarios. I'm in. You know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna buy buy that. It's technically the same title. It's just a different uh, a different sequel to it. And so same to like the Boomerang as your example. Yeah, if there's uh, those variations, those alternate versions, absolutely, I'm gonna get it. Yep. And that's that's why I own uh, Micro Macro. Micro Macro and its sequel, Full House. <laughs> so wait. Tanners yeah. are in it? <laughs> no, that's uh, One Night Ultimate Werewolf. All right. Now, on to our number four. Now, that's a reference for the people who are in. Yeah. On to our number four. You'll lead us off. All right. Moving into my number four is some uh, one game I don't have multiple copies of, but I will soon. Okay. And I call it the Panic System. I love uh, Star Trek Panic. I think it's the only Panic one I have now. I used to have Munchkin Panic. Um, but with us going to Gamma and seeing the new upgraded Castle Panic, mind you, I did see the Kickstarter, um, that I'm going to get the retail version of this one. The art is amazing. I think it's a phenomenal game to begin with. I I just didn't need multiple copies because I have Star Trek Panic and I prefer that one, but no, I have to support, uh, our friends at Fireside Games. Absolutely. Plus the art is just so good. It looks good. It looks looks really good. good. The components look good. So, yeah, I'm going to... game looks good. So, the Panic System is one that I'm going to have multiple copies of just because I like the system, for one. And two, um, this way I have one that's out of print and one that's in print. Yep. Because yeah, <laughs> uh, Star Trek Panic is not coming back anytime soon. No. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. Uh, my number four, it is, yes, um, is almost the exact same thing. Deluxification of a game. Um, if... If I find out that there's an anniversary edition of a game, I'm in. And uh, depending on the game, if it's yeah, one yeah. I love, perfect example. Um, so I'm going to tell a very quick story with my original Ticket to Ride. I I used to own the original USA map mm-hmm. uh, with a with about four or five expansions, I, and I like the expansions. And then I sold the base game to save up money to buy the deluxe version when it came out, which was like a hundred something dollars at the time. And so I Which bought it. at the time was a lot for us to spend on yeah, board games. That was now we don't even blink an eye at it sometimes. Oh, I still blink an eye at more than 100. Absolutely. I it, Well, I <laughs> I blink quicker. Really? Yes. Because I've seen some of the Kickstarters. Yeah, they're, they're not nearly <laughs> as many as you, sir. No, but... Uh, no, I'm not talking about that. So I bought the deluxe the copy. the price of the Kickstarter. Yeah, that's true. Those are way <laughs> higher up there. Um, so I, I got the deluxe version. Yeah. And then I didn't realize that at the time... It, that it, the trains were bigger than the normal map. So yeah. I didn't have any way to play my expansion maps. So I had thought about getting another copy of it. I ended up getting Ticket to Ride Europe after selling the maps after waiting for so long. I'm like, ah, I don't play these enough. Yeah. And so that was a whole mis- miscommunication. But another example, which is why I actually have more than one copy of, is Bonanza. I bought Bonanza many years ago. Speaking of which, do you... Fell in love with it. The shop still have it? A- nope. Nah. They're it. done. Yep. Um, yeah, we, we got it. Um, I fell in love with the game. I, I bought it used. We've worn out the cards. We've played every bit of it. Such a good game. And I, I saw that the 25th anniversary just came out this year. So I ended up picking up a copy of the game because I did quite like it. And now I own two games because that original one was so nostalgic because of how much I enjoyed it. 
Bonanza is still one of the few games that might unseed Carcassonne as my favorite game. Because every time I play it, I love it more and more and more. It's not just the fact that you love it more and more. It's just that everybody at the table when they're playing it are, like, giggling like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, it's so fun. (laughs) Like, that, you can't not have fun playing that game. Maybe if you're, like, not understanding it, sure. But, like, if you're getting into it and and you're seeing the same strategies that you have that everyone else is seeing then it starts getting ridiculous the the offers start it's like well if you like i'll give you this chili bean for you not to give him that bean you know yeah yeah, is, yeah you know questionable it's like oh yeah well if you give me that coffee bean i'll give you 20 real dollars like <laughs> you know it's like why would you do this it, it causes the most memorable moments in a card game and yeah. and i just thought you know if there's one game i should own uh, an anniversary edition of it's games that I love, so Ticket to Ride, uh, the 10th anniversary, and Bonanza the 25th. I own both of those. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I was uh, trying to see if you still had 25th anniversary, because I was going to try to go tomorrow and buy it, but I guess not. I'll check again, but I don't believe we do. All right, I'll go look online. Okay. Uh, but the next game... Well, wait, moving on to the next game. Yes, is... moving on to our number three. I'll start this off. Um, second editions. That That's really it. Well, I was talking about Dominion earlier. Mm-hmm. I own all the Dominions, including the first and second editions of the base and of the Intrigue, I think. But yeah, I mean, it, they came out with a second edition. It had some slightly different cards. You could buy different cards for it. There's different versions. That is purely for completionism. That that would be one reason. I do like to collect things. Yep. And but out of a game that I love that much, and a game that we've abused by shuffling it so much, I I not only own multiple sets of the base set, they also sold separately the base cards alone, like the um the duchies, provinces, and yeah. all, all the cards that get used in every game. You can buy a separate pack that has upgraded art for that alone. So technically, out of the base set cards, I own more than three sets of those. <laughs> And that's just so I can include into one of my sets and just go, okay, so I can pull this off the shelf, let's play around, and I don't have to completely unbox my base set for it. Okay. That's my reasoning. Dominion is is my example number three. All right, so for my example number three is going along with um, my example number or four, where this one is multiple base, uh, the same game that play slightly different or have different things. And this one for me personally is Horrified. Yeah. So I have multiple copies of this. I have both versions of it. I have American Monsters and the Universal Monsters. And I love both of them. I think they're good games. I have a little issues with the American Monsters just because there's some typos on there Mm -hmm. and other issues. Now, we did talk to them at Gamma. Those are already fixed. They're out of the game. So anytime you buy them, they're fixed. Yep. So, but yeah, I really enjoy it. I like the fact of the American Monsters, you got cryptids. I really enjoy cryptid lore and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like Sasquatch. And and every one of the creatures play completely different than anyone in the Universal Monster movies ones. But I also want to keep my Universal Monster movies because I'm a huge fan of the Universal Monsters. I own all those movies. I have a great time playing it. And so it just depends on you know people's flavor of choice which one do you want to play do you want to play frankenstein and dracula or do you want to go after the chupacabra so it gives me options to teach new gamers or to teach games to friends that like games and they're like oh we're not really into like the frankenstein stuff so how about this one and because this is a phenomenal game if they make a european monster one i'll probably get a copy of that as well so i can get more cryptids and stuff for it so i think uh, horrified great game that's my uh, number three good trilogy yeah all right it could be a good trilogy yeah if it is a trilogy 
Uh, my number two. What you're gonna flip the coin? Oh, that's right. We need to figure this out. My number two <laughs> is is uh, quite simply if if I had the game by accident and one of the other uh, viewers and commenters actually brought up this exact same point. I own multiple copies of Monopoly because they were all gifted to me, and and some. And, and there's other examples of those games where it's like, hey, I bought you a game. And it's like, great. You know, and I took it. And it's like, I already own this. Yeah. Right. And, and it was gifted to me. I'm not going to give it away. You know. Yeah. It was um, I might sell my original copy, but I'm not yeah. going to. I'm definitely not going to get rid of the original one. Yeah. So if two of them get gifted to me by different people, well, then I'm sitting on two copies, aren't I? You know, and that's perfectly fair. And that has happened from time to time mm-hmm. is that, you know, I'll have somebody who cares about me and is doing a really great thing. And I'm always appreciative when that happens. Uh, but then I happen to have another copy. I'm like, hmm, okay. What am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with this? <laughs> I don't know what to do. Um, like, because it's not a game that I traditionally play even one copy or yeah. sometimes, you know. So that's my number two is when I'm gifted a game that I already own. All right. So moving on to my number two. And this for me is um, it can go for this game that I'm also picking, but it can also go for other party games. And this is just where it's different base copies that have different things. And for me, the pick is Time's Up. Okay. So you get like your normal Time's Up. But you can also kind of standalone expansion where you can get like the 90s. And Geek Out is another one that can go fit in this category. Or you or Telestration is another one that does it too. Where you yep. get like the 90s nostalgia or more modern TV shows. Or like Time's Up Extreme where talking about like extreme sports or stuff like that. So you get like all these random things out there but they're all base games that can be played on their own or you can add it to what you already own and so for me this is another one that i would have multiple copies of because it just enhances the game and for like regular times up there's reference in there like the b52s my wife's not too familiar with that kind of music like older music Mm -hmm. so she's not really going to get like love shack so yeah so how do you like make sure you get that in there in the game? But she's a big fan of Game of Thrones. And so if you can get Game of Thrones in there and your thing is Hodor, she's going to get that much more easier than, say, something like Love Shack or... Um... Yeah. Well, wasn't uh, Ned Stark the lead singer of the B-52s? I'm pretty <laughs> sure. No. But, yeah, so something like that. The Red or, Woman was in there, too. Or uh, Geek Out. So I'm just going to ignore him now. <laughs> so something like Geek Out works for this. Time's right. up. Like party games that give you something for, like, a nostalgia pack or yeah. more uh, modern references for, like, younger audiences and stuff like that. So, uh, And the, the same thing could go for, like, codenames because you have, like, the Disney codenames, the Marvel codenames. So party games that give you mm-hmm. standalone expansions. Yeah. Good. Good deal. All right, and our number one, you're going to be leading us off. And my number one was actually the first um, game that came to my mind that had multiple copies of. One, I do have multiple copies of this game, or series of games. And there is multiple versions of this game. And I went this more so for trying to get people into the hobby Mm -hmm. that likes these certain themes. And I call this the Rising Games. So Thanos Rising, Dark Side Rising. Mind you, you can only get that in Europe, so you'd have to import it here to America. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they also have a SpongeBob version. They have a, a Harry Potter version. They have a Batman version. So pick your poison. I have two copies of this. I won't. I have no problem getting like the Harry Potter or Dark Death Eaters Rising. I think that's mm-hmm. what it's called. Because if I'm teaching a game or I'm taking it to like when we used to have International Tabletop Day, 
I can take multiple versions of this. Oh, you like Star Wars? Let me show you this one. Oh, you like Harry Potter? Here's this one. Right. You're big into MCU. You're in a comic shop. Here, let me show you Thanos Rising or the the Batman Who Laughed or some uh, version of it. Uh, uh, yeah. Batman Rising? It's no, not it's Batman. not Batman Rising. It's the... Uh, yeah, it's based off of uh, Batman Who Laughed. Yeah. Um, or something like that. Can't yeah. remember exactly how the comic goes, but it is the Batman, and it's based off that series. It's a little darker than the rest of them, but again, like if you want to play with younger audiences, SpongeBob. Yeah. Exactly. So there's different versions of this, and so this is my one to get new gamers into hobbies and teaching a fairly hard game, but not like super. It's a co-op. So and like uh, I mm-hmm. think the Death Eaters Rising and the the SpongeBob Rising are tend to be geared more for younger audiences a little easier than the other risings but it's just dice throwing you know who these characters are you know how to really work it once you get a couple turns into it and so this one is one of the games i would teach to people who like certain comics yeah that that's a good example there you go here's your coin of doom thank you my last one is the only game that i know of that i personally own more at least more than four copies of the same game Possibly five or more. Depends. Um, and I know I will likely get more copies of this game. Uh, the game is Carcassonne. As all, you know, it's my favorite. But let me explain why I have multiple copies. First off, um, I own the Wheel of Fortune expansion. I have the base. I have the Wheel of Fortune expansion, which is a standalone expansion. So it goes back into like if they make like a sequel or something. Yeah. I'll probably get that as well. Um, I also own. No, I do own at least five copies of it. I also own the 20th anniversary edition. So that goes into the special edition, right? Um, I own an additional copy of the base set because this is one of those games like how uh, one of our viewers brought a pitch car. Carcassonne, you could just play and add more tiles and it actually does change the experience. It's, it's makes it, it, it makes it longer, but if you're enjoying yourself, it's fine. Right. And then I've actually built my own custom version of the game. (laughs) So, and that's because I wanted to make like a more realistic, like a 3D thing, and yeah. make a balsa wood and and clay and like modeling like terrain and stuff. Yeah. And I put them on big tiles and stuff. So that is at least five copies of the of the base game alone. Not and to mention hunters and gatherers. Uh, hunters and gatherers. I have a few other variations as well. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so and like the kids version, my first Carcassonne, Star Wars. I would I would gladly get Star Wars, yeah. And, you know, if I ever got a chance to buy the card game, then I'd buy the card game too, right? Yeah. You know, I, I do genuinely like all of the games that it comes out with, and it's came out with a second edition as well. So it, there's a lot of different reasons to own Carcassonne, and it, of course it's my favorite game, and that makes it there's obvious. There's also not a reasons to not own it. Well, but that's that's I think all of those reasons, everything that I talked about so yeah. far, Carcassonne does, and therefore that's why I own so many copies of Carcassonne <laughs> plus my custom copy. Yeah. And the reason I said I might own even more than that is because I've seen three D printable versions of Carcassonne, and I think that's really interesting. I'm also intrigued with like the or newest, laser cut versions. The newest edition, I think, is like the third edition that is coming out with the new art. Yeah, well, so well, they made a, another expansion, and I think it's an expand alone, but it includes cooperative. It's like the ghosts of Carcassonne. No, 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 they're actually making a new version of Carcassonne with new art. Oh, are you talking the twentieth anniversary? No, after the twentieth anniversary. Really? Yeah. I'll well, have to show then it to you. you know what? 
<laughs> so I may actually pick it up. I'll just never play it with you. That's fine. I, I don't blame you. Or you can, you know, get good. It's not getting good. You just play like a jerk and only picked on me that entire game. You were an easy target. <laughs> and I didn't pick on you exclusively. You just left yourself open more than any other player. So I guess that, yeah, you were an no, easy target. No, I didn't. If you didn't, then I wouldn't have been able to break onto your points so easily. You could have gotten on Dom. He was on the other side of the board, but you kept messing with I my castle. I still castles. won. I didn't need to. I still <laughs> <Exactly>. won. <laughs> no, it, but that's that's my number one because I own already like five copies of the base game. No, no, and I, I think it. it's a great idea. Um, I own the dice version of the game. You know, like it, it's ridiculous. it's no accounting for taste. That's all it is. Well, the dice version is a very different game, but very different game. It's it's kind of a press your luck. It's not all that good, but. It's in a tin meeple, so that's cool. I mean, I would agree with Carcassonne not all that good, but, you know, who's... <laughs> oh, 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 Mr. Mr. Fancy Pants over here, all right? <laughs> but, so, those are our uh, eight reasons why you would own more than one game. Um, they, the pitch car one is a good example. Yeah. I, I didn't even realize that. I didn't even that. think about that. Like yeah. I said, if like, I had thought about it, I or if I had owned right. it, because I was also looking at my shelf over here. Right. It wasn't until that I saw that brought up that I was like, oh, yeah, Carcassonne, like, I bought another set just because... You wanted to make I the game to make longer. More, more tiles, yeah. I, like, it's I already a long it. game, especially it's with not the a long the game. It's not, it's not even long. It's like 45 minutes at most. It's a play, long game. If you're playing the app, it's like a 20-minute game. Honestly, it's a long game because I feel like it's I'm, it's the end of the world until this game's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you poor soul. But, so, <laughs> we, hopefully that was insightful. Um, I just want to say that if you do own more than one copy of the same game, of, assuming you can afford it and you have the space for it, mm-hmm. I don't see anything wrong no, with it. No, it's nothing. I think it's fine. If you're a collector, then you know what? Go for it. That makes sense. Yeah. But if you're if you're hurting for space... Then you don't need multiple copies. You don't need if multiple copies. you don't want multiple copies, you don't have to have multiple copies. No. If you get a second edition because it's prettier than the first edition, go ahead and sell the first edition. It's right. fine. Yeah. We're not here to judge. Yeah, exactly. Except for his taste in Carcassonne. Yeah, we're not here to judge you. He's here to judge me. <laughs> that is a very big difference. But, all right, so we want to thank you so much for, for tuning in. If you ever want to join us on one of our live episodes, you certainly can. Tune in to twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames, and you can join in on live chat. And please, by all means, subscribe and follow. I guess it's, yeah, it's following oh. on Twitch. So that way you can get notified when we have our live one and join in on the discussion. As well as you can find all video re-uploads on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on that platform. Subscribe if you're not. Like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. In this case, are there games that you would own multiple versions of? As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. If you ever want to reach out to us directly and say hello, give us ideas for future episodes, or maybe even enter in on future contests, write down this email, everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. And you can also get in contact with us on our official Twitter account, at EBG Podcast. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming, and I will destroy you. <laughs>